You're listening to the North Peace Roundtable Podcast, your weekly podcast about theology and the Christian life. Episode... 117 or 18? You forgot to look. 120. Corlin, no, look it up. I think we... it's 119. Oh, probably 19. Pretty 119. sure we're You did one by yourself crying here when we were both... <laughs> And then <laughs> me and Corlin did one last week without That's you, right. yeah. and it was our highest rated episode ever. So I don't know what that's Ooh, saying. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But thanks for tuning in. 119. We are on episode 119. Uh, my name is Andrew. I am the official host of this podcast, and with me, as always, is Corlin. Since when? <laughs> Say hi, Corlin. <laughs> Hello. And Cameron. Good morning, everyone. And uh, yeah, if you're new to the podcast, we. Do this roughly every week and talk about different uh, questions that come in or topics that we find interesting. So uh, just a reminder, if you do have questions or things that uh, you want us to talk about, you can message us. I will tell you, I forgot until right this second. Someone on Sunday came up and was like, I got a, a topic for your podcast. I want you to give us a complete history of the war between Israel and Hamas. I'm like... Yeah, somebody asked me about stuff like that I'm on like, Sunday too. Uh, yeah, that might take a while to like research and do some stuff about. But anyways, I'm like, well, I'll think about it. So that may be coming down the line at some point. But that's not the topic for today. Today, that could be. Speaking of polarizing topics, <laughs> yeah, oh, no man. kidding. Um, so uh, the topic for today has come from a few different things. Um, someone a few weeks ago did ask me. Related to a sermon like, you know, how do you, how did she word it? How do you have conversations with people that you disagree with on such polarizing topics without like just destroying the relationship? Basically, like how do you, how do you, so use COVID as an example, because that's the, a recent thing. How do I have a conversation with someone where I know we disagree about COVID stuff? Without just being like, well, now I'm angry at you, blah, blah, blah. So, like, mm. how, do you, how do you engage those kind of touchy subjects? And then even from uh, the sermon this past Sunday about um, Paul uses the word, you know, don't put an offense in front of Jews or Greeks or church people. And in our day and age, that means, like, and I, I did the voice on Sunday, which you know, I'm triggered <laughs> or like, I'm offended. You're, uh, you know, yeah. you're canceled because what you said offended me. And it's like this, like no one can ever say anything that like makes me feel uncomfortable because then I'm triggered. And, and that's not what Paul meant in that context. He's talking about stumbling blocks to people here in the gospel. But uh, Cam then sent a whole bunch of really good like ideas that are all related to the same thing, basically. Like, how do you handle offense in today's age then, right? If it's like, if we're kind of poking fun at the, like, we're offended about everything, well, then how do we actually handle when people offend us? And then it was like, how do you engage as a Christian in the workplace around polarizing topics, which is dealing with offense? Um, how do you hold your moral ground without purposely causing offense? How do you avoid intentional offense when sharing an offensive gospel? So, this and if I can <clears throat> just preface that by saying, like, sometimes the old adage is the gospel is offensive, so we can just throw it in someone's face and walk away because it's God's word. Yeah. Not ours. We didn't say that, which has an element of truth, I truly believe. Sure. Yeah. But then I was more so thinking <clears throat> after the sermon about, you know, our neighbor and we're having dinner and we're in relationship with this couple who may be in an alternate lifestyle. 
and then you do get that wedding invite because sometimes we can think about like oh that'll never happen but like mm-hmm. it's happened to a lot of people mm-hmm. and i wonder if there is ever that tension of like oh man now i have to surrender the entire friendship or there yeah. we, or do we <clears throat> cast them out and say like okay well now you're too sinful for my relationship or are we I think more people wrestle with it than not just by saying, sorry, the gospel is offensive. That probably hurts you to hear, but I'm righteous and you're not. So you're going to have to deal with it. And I have no responsibility to ensure our relationship stays intact. I don't believe that's true. I think that we can have moral positioning without destroying relationship, can honor God without making someone feel less than if the Holy Spirit convicts in a way that we hope they do it does then great mm-hmm. but I don't think we should be casting that conviction hmm. in that same way I think that's where through a couple of conversations since uh, the sermon that's kind of been at the forefront yeah so I guess there's uh, two parts basically like how do I what do I do when I'm offended Right. As a follower of Jesus, when people say or do things that offend me or are hurtful, how should I handle that? What do I do? Uh, And then the flip side is like, how do I engage people, Christian and non-Christian, without causing offense to people? So I don't know. Let's start with the first one then. Like and we can even use examples from our own lives if you want. Um, How do you not fall into this like. I don't know. I'm triggered by everything and everyone has to watch what they say around me. And are there practical biblical things that like as a follower of Jesus, how do I avoid not being offended by things? Yeah. I don't know. Like, you, know you know, it's kind of funny. I, uh, I like to think of myself as someone who doesn't take offense to, to much at all. It's like, Oh yeah. Water off a duck's back. Like who, who cares? I, I know like if I'm confident that I, I've followed my convictions that God has given me, then I, I like to think that I'm the kind of person to not take offense at all. But if you know me, I, you'll actually know that I actually <laughs> like, yeah. especially immediately after stuff, I actually take offense to a lot of things. Sure. Um, so how do we avoid, I think, I think when people say things to us, I don't think it's wrong to have a reaction to that. Um, to say it's wrong to react to something that's said to you would be to say that it's wrong to have brain chemistry, to say that it's wrong to like, because depending on what it is, it, it might be something that brings up memories from your past that get you really worked up or might be something that you disagree with really strongly. I think one of the ways that we avoid letting that fester and turn into sin and, and fall into the temptation of then hating that person or hating a whole people group because of that viewpoint, I think one of the best ways and and really practically go and talk to other people about what offended you. The amount of times that somebody has said something to me or done something around me where I've been like, in all honesty, a little bit huffy about it. And like, I can't believe they said this. And like, how do they expect blah, 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 this, this, this. And then I'll go and talk to someone. And one of my good friends or my wife will just be like, Corlin, I don't think that was even about you. I don't, I don't think that that actually... And, and they just help refocus that it wasn't yeah. necessarily actually like a personal jab, but more so that they were maybe just speaking their opinion. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, so I think one of the practical ways involve other people of, sure. of different minds <clears throat> to come and talk to you about stuff. Want to hear a great verse? Yes. Proverbs nineteen eleven. <clears throat> Good sense makes one slow to anger and it is and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Wow. Yeah. 
So I think there's a part of like, I don't know, Christian maturity. And I'll clarify this in a second. But to be a, a like a mature Christian where you can just kind of go like, okay, I'm not I'm not going to actually dwell on that. Because yeah. like, yep. uh, but then I, I think you're right. There's so my my approach is like when people say things that are hurtful or whatever, which never happens as a pastor. <laughs> um, I often ask the first question, okay, well, is there truth in it? Yeah. So if someone's like, Hey, um, that thing that you said was like totally out of bounds or whatever. So I'll go back and be like, okay, was it like, so I'll look into it and just go, okay, maybe. And then, yeah, my wife is a good sounding board to say like, okay, what do you think about this? Was that like, is this person right? And if, if it's right, uh, then yeah, you can go and just say, yeah, you're right. Sorry, that was uh, out of bounds and you mm-hmm. learn from it, right? But I would say lots of times there's things that people will say that uh, as you do a little digging, you're like, yeah, that's just not, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, there's no truth to that. And that sounds like a them problem, not a me problem. Yeah. And uh, I think that what, what uh, the Proverbs is saying is really good. It's like, it's actually a, it's a glorious thing to be able to just overlook an offense and to just be like, I'm actually, you know, you, what you said could be taken as like really offensive to me, but I'm actually just not going to let it bother me. Yeah. And, yeah. but like not to be a jerk and say, I will never take constructive criticism ever. I mean like, that's not good either. Cause then you're just, you know, it's, you're not growing and learning. And so a good place to start when someone offends you is to go, okay, is there actually truth in this? Yeah. When they're like, Hey, you're a terrible mother. Okay. Well, wait a second, like, is that true? Mm. Maybe there's an element of truth in it that you go, oh, yeah, you know what? I, I don't know. I just use that as a random example. But yeah. I was speaking with someone, and I think that in our uh, church context, I wonder if there are more individuals that feel as though they are defending a holy God and they're maybe almost taking offense to um, someone's view of, of Christianity or the gospel in general. And I was unpacking that with my buddy. We were just chatting and we were reminded of uh, in the garden in Luke where, you know, Peter cuts off the ear of a servant who's coming to arrest Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus heals him. And it's actually this picture of like, I'm going to step in and protect you, Jesus. And it's it's a yeah. loose parallel, but we were just thinking like, I think that's what some people do right now. Like they, they see something that's offensive to God and they step in and they intervene mm. to protect God or the image of God in our community. And I just wonder if that's why well, I, I just like the rest of the story where, you know, Jesus knows <laughs> the end mm. of that story and goes on to talk <clears throat> uh, later and even on the cross of forgive them. They don't know what they don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's a really interesting um, position because we almost view those offending the gospel as knowing fully what they're doing. So we don't actually see that same connection where you'd think that those plotting to kill Jesus knew exactly what they were doing. They're going to shut down this entire movement. And Jesus actually says they don't know hmm. what they're doing. I wonder how we can actually um, transpose ourselves in that scenario and, and actually play it wrong, which is unfortunate because we have the whole story in front of us. And I saw a cheeky quote this morning that I sent you guys. No one responded because it was probably a little too cheeky. And it was quarter <laughs> after six. <clears throat> but it was an interesting uh, a quote from a, a guy posted. Sh- uh, 
I didn't respond because I was offended. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shane Calburn, who's a uh, who has written some really interesting books, but it says uh, you can safely assume you've created God in your own image when it turns out that God hates all the same people as you do. And I thought, oh, oh, that's that's uh, a oh, little bit of a jab. Yep. Or or is offended by the same people as you are, or yep. is taken back by the same people as you are. Um. And it's not to make light the fact that things rub us the wrong way, because I've felt that also when I've seen, more so when I've seen uh, working in social services for so long, just people really like spitting on the image of God, like kind of just mm -hmm. pushing back and just really, really being vulgar towards um, the gospel in a way where I think where they're trying to incite a response, but they just don't even know. And, and so that is yeah bothered yeah. me deeply um i can remember that in like high school when people knew oh, i was a christian sure and they would do things purposefully to be like how's the christian gonna respond yeah and i like, had one of those people yeah. in my life up to about five years ago where they would send like yeah nasty uh, texts on like easter or christmas yep. and just to poke just to incite response and i could have fed in so many times and i never to that guy and he gave up like it wasn't funny anymore right yeah like, um, so that's an interesting, that's the long game. That's the, yeah, <laughs> that's the long game. But so I think, uh, and Corlin, you can jump in too. Um, sorry, but we did, don't I, pay you for did I offend you? But <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the running joke. I'm sorry if I, offended I'm sorry, you. <laughs> but I think, um, yeah. So just to kind of add a few more thoughts, you know, if someone says something offensive to me, yes, it, actually go in prayer to God. And is this true? Is there stuff that I should be talk to people? Like you said that you trust. And then if it, if it is like, you know, you, you're offended, then go to that person, right? Who said the, the thing to you. We're really bad at that. And we'll go and then we'll start spreading rumors and we'll talk bad about that person. And then we form teams in the church and then we take sides and then it's team Corlin against team Andrew. And, and some people have done it well. Uh, some people have come. So, yeah, I yeah. was going to get to that. Like, you know, we uh, recently we recorded a spicy episode that caused ruffled some feathers and that's fine. But actually people came directly to me, which I, I told uh, both of them. I actually really appreciate that. Totally. They yeah. listened to the episode. They disagreed and they came and talked to me personally. And I'm like, that's way better then then going to 15 people and going, did you hear about this? And then they said this, and I can't believe they said, and I'm like, oh man, I so appreciate that yeah. you can come and tell me where you think I'm wrong. And that's fine. That's great. I way mm. prefer that. That's like a Matthew 18 thing, right? Yeah. Where if your brother, if you feel like your brother has sinned against you, Jesus says, go to that person alone, like one-on-one -on -one, rather than like, I have to share a prayer request. Um, Corlin's a jerk and let's pray for him. You know what I mean? Like we do yeah. that. It's so silly. And then Jesus says like, if that person doesn't listen to you or if they're just like, well, you know, screw you. I don't think I've blah, blah, then bring someone with you and go like, well, actually like you're not seeing the seriousness of it. And then later on get the church involved. I love that getting the elders and the church involved is not the first step. Yeah. That's the very last step. If yeah. everything goes sideways, the yeah. first step is, you should be able to handle it one-on-one -on -one as followers of Jesus, right? So, um, But, you know, on the elders notes, I've been on the elders board now for two years. I think two years. I think two years. Sure. Um, but we may have had three people in the church in that two, two well, years yep. ask to come. and Where it's come to the last present step. It, 
Or not even that. But oh, oh, okay. Not even that, but they've had maybe a concern with the direction of the preaching or, or oh, a, sure. a concern with the church in general. But like there's about 400 people that... Adults, yeah. So so either things are all fine or maybe there is a misdirected uh, concern avenue that folks are taking. I'd like to think that predominantly things are fine because <laughs> yeah. you've had far more and you, and we don't get all those details, but you've you've had far more people in your office here. Oh, sure. Yep. Which is wonderful. But that is an invite to folks if they're like concerned about the direction of the church. Yeah. Like, there's that forum that meets monthly and it's just not been utilized. Yeah. And I think there's a difference. And this is where we talk about offenses. Uh, in our world, I think we've fallen into this trap where it's like, I, I must go through life never being offended by anyone or uncomfortable with and it's kind of like man oh man that's just not reality and i'll so i quoted or you sent me the candace owen clip which okay so i'm gonna reference it because i think but someone said like how do you respond to the people who are like triggered or offended by your presence on this campus very physical and her response was like life's tough get a helmet man like and on one hand, I agree with her that you just can't go through life where it's like, if I'm ever uncomfortable or if I ever, then I have to, like, it's like, that's just not reality. Yeah. Um, you just have to, on, on one hand, you got to develop a little thicker skin because man, I could be offended 400 times a day mm-hmm. by pe- just the way you looked at me and then the way you say it. And just, it happens much better in non-Christian contexts. Totally. So much better. And it's actually quite refreshing. So there's two, I experienced it in both right now. Um, in my government job, we have a pretty good team. And two weeks ago, we were in an office talking about a really difficult situation. And I had an idea and someone said, that's not a good idea. <laughs> and Ooh, that, triggered. <laughs> but it was like, and it was with yeah. my boss, her boss, <clears throat> her boss. Like it was just the leadership. And in that moment, I didn't feel upset because it was like, oh, I didn't have all the information. I didn't realize the context fully, but it was a safe space. And I've seen even one of the the senior leaders get told like I don't that's not going to work. Yeah. But it's almost like a more freeing space to let. It's called um, a psychologically safe space where you can actually throw out an idea and not get crushed. Yeah. And if you throw out an idea that someone doesn't agree with, it doesn't mean that your perspective is inherently wrong. It just means it's not okay for this context. Yes. Which you do have to have a bit of a thicker skin and put on your helmet and be like, okay, yes, like, that's fine. And then. In the, the seminary, we have a, a, a work, like a cohort that we've moved through the last few years with. And it, it's a pretty safe space to be like, man, like, that's not what it means. Like, I think you're misguided. And it's like, we had to agree in that time that we could have that. But that was not a an agreement at work. That's just like, that's the way the world works. Yeah. Like, you may have wonderful thoughts and ideas. And I feel like something as polarizing as what we've seen over the last number of months, it doesn't it doesn't mean one person is like walking away from salvation and one no. isn't. It's almost like, okay, that's your thoughts and, and your perspective on this issue. Mine's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll give you <laughs> like, two. That's okay. I'll give you two examples, not using, I'm going to use very vague details because they're real examples and I just don't want to, I won't give details. You don't want to offend. Yeah. So two people came. I don't want to offend <laughs> unnecessarily offend. Uh, so yeah, two people came and we had great conversations about disagreements over one of the episodes. And we, uh, both times we left as like, uh, neither of us are mad and we both felt heard and it was kind of like, 
I think it, it I think it landed in like a I think we'll just kind of agree to disagree and I apologized over some stuff that I'm like yeah you know what maybe the way things were said was it yeah so owned up and the, and we left and like I I saw these people and it, there's no like awkwardness and like yeah. cuz it was actually like I think it was a really good thing it was like mm-hmm. we can handle it and then um so now you should just book appointment times for every uh Friday morning or Monday after, yes. or Oh, no, you don't work. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, so for... Friday mornings. Come to the church Friday mornings <laughs> if you're offended, and I'll meet with you. It's my day off. Um, but then just this week, uh, had to have a bit of conflict with someone, and it didn't go well because it was kind of like, well, you're a legalist and a Pharisee, and all you care about is laws, and then I'm going to leave. So... It can go both ways very right. quickly. Yeah. So I think uh, Romans 12 is a really good reminder too, as we talk about, okay, as followers of Jesus, is it is it necessary for all of us to like each other and always get along? And the answer is like, no. The uh, Jesus says in John 13, love one another. I think there's a difference between loving one another because we're both made in the image of God, saved by Jesus, and actually liking each other. I don't... I don't think you have to like every Christian. Maybe you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. Um, but no, Roman, that's why you have dinner with so many people and then some relationships form <laughs> yeah. and some don't. It's not even a yes. like. It's just a natural. So then Romans 12, he's talking about like, you know, uh, living in, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. Associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil. And then he says this, and I love the way Paul words it. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So Paul doesn't give this unreal expectation that there must be ultimate and everlasting peace between all Christians at all times. He's like, as far as it depends on you, uh, your job is to try and live at peace with everyone. So I, I think about some meetings that I've had where we didn't end in peace because whatever, there's a million reasons why, but it's kind of like, okay, I, can I go, well, as far as it depends on me, I'm trying to live at peace with people. I can't control other people's responses. Like, I think that's a really good reminder because then sometimes I think we then put all of our energy into, I must now pursue that person and make them be at peace with me. Sometimes you just can't, you just have to go, okay, I tried. And that's hard because it's like, I don't like it when people leave my office and they don't like me, <laughs> yeah. but sometimes it's just like, it is what it is. You can't control that. So, and it's tough to put a lot of <clears throat> it's, it's important, but it's also difficult to hold intention, uh, biblical instruction in, in its fullness, because like to go to your brother with an issue is important. It implies that you have a relationship just in its very language, but also I was thinking of Matthew seven, just Jesus's instructions. Like you're not going to go to your brother to talk about that speck in their eye Mm. when you've got a log in your own, which is not, which is, it could be misconstrued to be like, Oh, I can never now hold anyone accountable because I'm struggling with something. That's not true either, Mm. but it really speaks to the nature and the, the spirit behind why you're doing it. And like, truly, am I going into that conversation hoping that we can actually live peace of peacefully together afterwards? Or am I trying to, influence and opinion Hmm. which speaks to the other half of our original question is like okay when we when we when we display or we pronounce our position even to the ungodly then how do we walk away living peacefully how do how do or are we just so okay with 
we all, I think it's even worse than hating someone is just to, to completely dismiss them as a person. Like, yeah, take it or leave it. I think I it's even care. before we get there, I think it's fair to address like, is it okay to have an emotional reaction to something somebody says, right? Like, what never, what no. constitutes offense, right? Because, like, like I was saying at the beginning, if we're like for myself, I often have emotional responses to what people say or do to me, right? Because I, I'm somebody who feels deeply i don't know if that sounds it sounds corny it sounds corny. no corny. hey this is a safe space <laughs> um ladies and gentlemen there's but te- i think that that's tears where rolling down yeah. Corny. <laughs> corny yeah it sounds <laughs> corny um i i think it's it's important to recognize that as you're going through life there's going to be things that you have deep convictions about right there's yeah. things that you definitely feel stronger about than others and when somebody bats against that it's gonna feel I I think there's going to be that tension where you're going to feel passionate about that. You're going to want to respond, but where's that line between drawing offense? I think offense happens if you linger on those feelings and Hmm. allow them to build into things where you then have disdain for that person or or their actions. You let bitterness kind of grow and and then it's not really about, Oh, that thing that Corlin said, then it's like Corlin. Yeah. It's him. Yeah. Well, it's because there's no relationship in it. And like we can joke because there's no video like in, in, (laughs) bug each other when the other person's talking but but offense is less likely to develop where there's relationship yeah and it's more likely to develop do you think i i think in some sense what about like when families oh yeah i i I agree partially but like i think in the church context it's more so because i don't know the person i don't don't know anything about them and so then you allow there's more space in your head to be like they probably think about me far too often and i think that (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. they're probably, they said that to me and it's like, yeah, we don't know you. Yeah. 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 Um, no, but yeah, there's the two, I think there's the two polar, of course, with family. Yeah. Um, Cause sometimes family, like, you know them really well. And then, so I'll even, uh, share vulnerably cause this is a safe space. Um, Oh, you got punted eh, from your family thread or someone left. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Like we've got lots of differences of opinion in my own family about COVID stuff. And it's still lingering, like, really? and it's rather the virus didn't even last that long. <laughs> don't don't text that to my family thread. That's not acceptable. But I think it's like, yeah, you have people on one side that are like, you know, this is a joke, and the government's a joke, and I'm not going to obey. Which okay, fine. And then you have people on the other side that's like, I'm still going to wear a mask everywhere I go, and blah blah blah. And rather than... And you're uh, poking right in the middle on both sides. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen the John Christ special when he talks about the fam thread. And he's like, and he's like, oh man, my whole day is clear. I know what I'm going to do now. And then he'll just text, the election was rigged. (laughs) 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 So uh, that's my responsibility as the brother. Yeah. So anyways, it's kind of like, it's still awkward to this day for certain family members because it's like, I think what you're saying is we have allowed differences of opinions and maybe even like I'm offended to then be like, now you as a person, I don't respect you anymore and I don't trust you because you didn't wear a mask or you did wear a mask. It's just, so I think that can happen even with relationships when, I don't know, you allow the opinion or the offense to kind of cloud your judgment about everything else about the person rather than like the Proverbs... Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's worded in the sense you of will. like to overlook an offense as mm-hmm. in the offense has already happened, yeah. but mm-hmm. you're choosing to say, I'm not going to actually let that affect how I love this person. Yeah. I I'm going, even though I feel strongly about this, I'm going to love that person. Like Paul said too. Right. Yeah. 
because uh, I think that we can get trapped into this, like, well, I just have to put on thicker skin and never be offended. It's like, well, no. I don't think that's, I don't actually think that's a humane way of responding to conflict to just never be affected by anything anyone says. I, I think that goes against how we're designed as humans, but what we're called to do over top of ourselves is to lay our lives down for others. And so if we're offended by something that maybe is a disputable matter and it's not something that is going to cause the end of the world, then we can put our hands up and say, Hey, I don't agree with you, but I'm going to yeah. choose to love you anyways. Like your conversations that you had. Right. Yeah. And I guess those people have a choice now, you know, if, if they ever listen again to be like, you know, if they, if there's something along the same flavor, it may come to a point where like, that's who Andrew is. And now I have another decision to make. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's not like pres presenting your offense means that it's interesting. Can you present an offense without presenting it as a change this about yourself because of what happened to me? Yeah, I think yeah. rather than just, Hey, listen, just a heads up, which is a fair, right? Cause then you can go back yep. and analyze. Yeah, I think, I think you can, I think there's, uh, there's lots of times where I, we've come to a place of like, wow, I just, we just got to agree to disagree. And it's kind of like, love you, brother. I really do. Like I've had a yeah. few conversations with people over the years. Uh, one was the whole, uh, women in ministry, women in leadership. And someone came and shared their opinion and I shared where my opinion was. And it literally was kind of like, okay, I respect that. I disagree with you. Sure. That this was the individual Andrew. I, I respect that. I disagree. I think you're wrong. And I'm like, okay, I think you're wrong. And it was kind of like, See you on Sunday? Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And there, yeah. and it was great. Like, yeah. so I think there's a, but I don't know. Is it like a, trying to like get rid of your pride that you, I don't I know. I think it like, is because we're all wrong sometimes. And yeah. I, I joke with my, I think I've shared before. I joke with my 10 year old because she's in that emotional part. Like nothing I do is right. Or like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, so, you guys hate me. Yeah, yeah. I'm so dumb. I'm like, hey, listen, sometimes we're all dumb. <laughs> you know, sometimes. I fail. I'm like, no, no, no. You, you don't always fail, but you did here. And yes. then sometimes we all do, right? And, yep. and I should really check and be more of the, the, you know, oh, don't, everything's fine. You'll never fail. But that's fake and it's lying. <laughs> I'd rather tell my kids, hey, listen, we all say dumb things once in a while. Yep. And I could, I should, if that happened at work or, or in the church, I don't think it would be the worst thing. Like, hey, listen, yeah, whatever, right? Can you swallow your pride and say, Yep, you're right. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, there was one uh, sermon. This is a few years ago where I said, uh, oh, man, it was something along. It was about the Pharisees and Jesus was right in front of them. And because they were so obsessed with their laws and rules, they missed them. And I said something about like Presbytu. I'm like, if Jesus came to Presbytu, like they would miss him because or something. This is when I was young. OK, sure. yeah, I've yeah. matured now. But someone actually came to me and said, like, Andrew, I think that was like unnecessarily offensive. Because I know I have family members out who live in Presbyterian and they love Jesus. And I had to go, yeah, I think you're right. And then the next Sunday I said something along the lines of like, hey, what my comments that I made last week, uh, that was over the line. And I, I can't remember everything I said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it was one of those moments of this lady like graciously came and not like, you're an idiot. Why would you say that? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of like, I think you're wrong. And actually... It, it was hurtful because there's people that live in Presbyterian that love Jesus. What you said is just not accurate. And I went, Oh man, dang it. You're right. Yeah. I need to like apologize. That was yeah. oh, in the heat of the moment, trying to connect it. It doesn't matter. It was sure. just wrong. Yep. So I think there's moments where it's just kind of like people who can graciously point out like, Ooh, Oh man. Okay. What you said was not okay. And yeah. then it's like, 
praise God in that moment, God gave me the grace and the wisdom to kind of go, yeah, you're right. Not be like, well, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, okay, quickly, because I got to take my daughter to volleyball then. How do we, I don't know, stand firm our, on our convictions, but not unnecessarily cause offense? Is that possible? Or can yeah. you, or is it just kind of like, if you want to stand strong on your convictions, people are going to be offended? Or actually, let's, yeah, let's finish on that because it reminds me of that comment that was made to me by a woman who said, Oh, you're in a podcast. What's it about? I'm like, just a few guys who go to church who are trying to do real life, try not to be weirdos, love, <laughs> love Jesus, but still like you, like we still work, you know, you're like we're just, we're just in the community, um, taking our kids to lessons, doing things, but we're just, we choose to live, live differently. And this person said to me, Oh, I think there's a God. And I, I think I could actually get around the idea of fearing him. I just really like to use the F word. And she said it right in front of me. And, <laughs> That's great. But in that moment, I'd be like, Oh, I just told you I'm a Christian. And then you swear right in my face. Like, you know, I'm gonna, right. Like, Who are you to do that to me? And it's interesting because in that moment I, and call it desensitized or whatever, but like I've worked on a downtown east side. I work, you know, you both, have been around vulnerable people who have no filter. Do you take offense to that? Or can you be in that space and still be um, engaged in a community where there's either outright offense towards you, but then more so how do you have your convictions and still be in relationship with someone when that's the case or as uh, in your example on Sunday, so you're invited to the wedding, you say no. How can you say no graciously and still invite them over for dinner when you get back from there? Yep lesbian honeymoon yeah or do you feel like your job is over and you never have to talk to them no. again? so yeah i i have friends who are in the lgbtq community or whatever and because we have a really good friendship uh i i went when asked i've been able to give my opinion about you know gay lesbian transgender stuff and we're still friends. There was no offense taken because I think there was, and I was just kind of very blunt about like, this is what I think. And so I think there's a way that you can still stand firm on your convictions, but I didn't lead with that. When I found out that this friend was in that community, I didn't go, Oh, by the way, do you want to know my opinions about it? Let me tell you. I waited until it was like, yeah. what do you think about this kind of stuff? And I think there's wisdom in asking the Holy spirit. When's the right moment for me to broach this? But I think too, like there's a difference between how we interact with believers and non-believers and it's not, it's not being disingenuous. Like, so when my neighbors aren't married and they're living together, I don't go knock on their door and go, Hey, just so you guys know you're living in sin because mm-hmm. they don't care. Yeah. Why would I impose a biblical standard on them when they don't care what the Bible says? Now, if they were professing Christians and they go to our church and they're living together that's a completely different scenario. Yeah, I would yeah. go and say, listen, I just have to say something because my own conscience, the way you're living is not okay. You profess to be Christians. Which is what you did this weekend. It went terribly wrong. It went terribly wrong, terribly wrong. But I had to for my own conscience. I'm like, I can't just not say something. But if they were like, but we're not believers. Okay. Yeah. Then, so yeah, it's That's like when... Corinthians, I, right? I think, didn't you preach on that a little bit ago? Paul's perspective on the sin outside of the community. Yeah. Well, that's when they said like, uh, when Paul says, when I wrote to you saying, don't associate with sexually immoral people, he says, not at all. Meaning those who live in the world, because the, the, we read that don't associate with sexually immoral people. The gay guy can't be friends with him. And and Paul's like, no. Now if he's in the church and he professes to be a Christian and now he's pursuing a gay relationship. Yeah. Talk to him about it. 
I shared like, before that was the, the drive back from Vancouver to Langley when this guy Tyler, I was with him, and he was like, uh, told me he was gay, and he, and I knew about a relationship he was in, but he used the, the his boyfriend's sister's name the whole time, and then because he knew I was a church goer, and then he says, so how do you feel about that? I'm like, how do you mean? He's like, do you think it's sinful? I'm like, why do you care if I think it's sinful? And it was a funny kind of conversation. Like, you don't go to like you don't go to church. Like, why are yeah, you even interested? I, and that was a funny conversation because I was actually caught off guard as a Christian being like, oh, why, why do you care what yeah. I think as far as a moral position? I think what you said earlier, Cameron, it's there's a weird tension as Christians. The gospel is offensive because it deals with our offenses. So yep. like when we as humans are told, hey, you were wrong here. Generally speaking, our first reaction is to like we feel like we're being backed into a, a corner and we're like, whoa, whoa, our defenses go up. And so it is offensive. I mean, even recently, the the way the Holy Spirit's been convicting me around pride, man, I I hate having to admit that around my friends and family that I've been the person, you know, looking over at others and saying, well, I'm glad I'm not like them instead yeah, yeah. of being like, man, like that person is following Christ. I'm following Christ. This is beautiful kind of thing. Right. And so it could be very offensive. I think the the thing that we often forget when we hear a saying like that is that the gospel is also gracious. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like you think of what Christ has done in the invitation that he puts out. And yes, if we, if we think about it, that he has died for our sins and our sins are what separate us from him. Well then, yeah, of course, if we love sin, we're going to want, like there's tension there of, of not being comfortable when someone addresses that then, but it's also an incredibly gracious invitation. And so I think as Christians, if we miss that gracious invitation part to follow Christ and all you're dealing with is the offenses, you've missed sharing the gospel accurately. Yeah. And maybe the, the answers in the statement, the gospel is offensive and the gospel is gracious, but we're not the gospel. Yeah. We share it. And so maybe Holy spirit conviction could feel like yeah. offense. And that's the difference. Yeah. yeah. Someone says, well, the gospel is offensive. It's fine. It's like, yeah, yeah, but you're not allowed to be, but yeah. conviction is also different than condemnation. And I think that a lot of Christians True. mess that up. We try to condemn people for their actions. So Thinking that they we're turn. convicting them. And then it feels like, yeah. Offense because it's condemnation. And I think that's where as Christians, we actually can live in that really gentle reminder for, for the most part to be like, hey, like, look at what God has yep. done within the church there, I think, is more room to be able to be a little bit more pushy with some of these things. Yep. But especially outside the church to live your life honorably and peaceably with others. And when asked or called upon or even if you are convicted to to share the gospel, then, yeah, you you can share the gospel honestly and truthfully and know like you should be able to know that what you have shared if it causes offense it's because that person is dealing with their own conviction mm-hmm. on the matter not because of how you said it but yeah. even the world knows if you're going to present something to someone it's like three rights then a wrong right talk about three good things before you bring up like what, <laughs> yeah. what needs to change the world's better at that than christians it's yeah. like you're right the gospel is gracious so why don't we start there yeah start with a little bit of grace and love and then get into when there's a response around why and then like just to close because my wife's gonna start texting me where are you um i think too when you think about like how do i uh uh handle like offensive topics a really good thing to ask is like is it actually necessary for me to bring this up because like james talks about in chapter one being slow to speak and quick to listen so like yeah, I disagree with you about masks. Do I do I actually need to tell you that? Like, I think there's there's so much conflict where it's like, this is not a life or death issue. This is an opinion. Is it actually beneficial yeah. for me to like come up to you? Oh, by the way, I just want to let you know that I disagree with it. Some stuff, it's like, just let it go. So 
wise words as we close <laughs> this podcast. Um, thank you for listening. Corlin's already literally walking out the door. He's like, yeah, I've had enough. I'm offended by your actions, Corlin. Um, thanks for listening. Episode 119. And we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>